0: Good man, praise God. Well, you guys may take your seats and uh, welcome again to Alive Family Church. We're so glad to have each and every one of you guys joining us this morning, both here in person and a quick shout out to anybody tuning in or joining us online. We're so glad to have you guys with us as well. We are, hey, we're wrapping it up this week. We are in week four, our fourth and final week in our August series. We titled The Pursuit of holiness all month we've been going to this key scripture found in hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 that says pursue peace with all people and holiness for without which no one will see the lord man we've had an incredible month so far haven't we I don't know. Have any of you guys been blessed or learned something or grown in your relationship with the Lord this month? Praise God! I know I have. As I've studied the Word, and I'll tell you what we've we've looked at. Hey, Lord, what does it look like to pursue holiness in our lives? Like well, number one, what is holiness? Right? We've been taking this whole month to really get a handle and define this term and this this uh, standard of God. We've learned uh, who God calls to be holy, right? Which is us, and He's holy as well. And and more importantly, even last week as we cracked into um, just what does holiness look like. In our own lives, in our everyday Monday through Sunday type life. What does it look like? And uh, we've done this all in tandem with our 21 days of prayer, and which has been a blast. As not any of you guys join us on 21 days of prayer and have had a good time in that. Let me hear you. Let me hear from you. All right. Today's day 21, so um, it doesn't mean prayer stops after today. Praise God. Hopefully, some good healthy habits have been formed. First 15, five minutes with God uh, in worship, five minute in prayer, five minute reading His word. We can continue that until Jesus comes back. Amen. And that'd be good for our souls. Amen. That'd be good for our spirit, man. Um, but hey, I just want to uh, re- quickly recap where we've been because we're wrapping things up. And if it's your first time, you're like, what are you guys talking about? We've uh, we've endeavored to learn about these different steps in our pursuit of holiness each week. One, Some weeks we only covered one step. Other weeks we covered some more ground. We did two steps. And so I want to recap where we've been in these steps on our journey for the pursuit of holiness. And as you guys know, we, uh, the first one was Step one, God is holy, right? We, we started the whole series on the foundation that God is holy, amen? He is set apart. He is other. He is different. There is no one like our God. Our pursuit of holiness only starts and ends there, that we serve and we worship a holy God, amen? Step two was that God calls us holy, right? 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy, right, in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy, right, so God calls you and I holy, it's his desire, it's his plan that we would be set apart, that our lives would be other, that our lives would be different, right, and we talked about all series how God's such a faith God, right, like, like, he calls those things that aren't as though they were, right? He He calls you and I holy even before our lives ever align up to that standard of holiness. He is an awesome God, right? But not, that, not only so awesome that he calls us holy, because we learned in our step three of our pursuit of holiness that not only does God call us holy, but number three, God made us holy, right? God made us holy, right? Second Corinthians 5, 21, for he... God who made him, Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. We just talked about how that was a game changer, amen? This verse, if we have revelation of what this verse really means for you and I as believers, it is a game changer. Jesus became sin for us. Jesus took our place. Jesus took our penalty, right? By his death, burial, and resurrection, we can go before God's presence as if sin never existed in our lives, right? When we go before God, he doesn't see our sin. He looks at us and he sees his son, Jesus. The blood of Jesus covers us. Come on, somebody. That is good news on a Sunday morning, amen? And we said, hey, you got to know that because we got to know our position, right? Right? We, gotta, we need to know our spiritual position in Christ. Because when we know in sports, our position and what position we play, we know how to play, right? And so if we know our spiritual position, the man, God calls us holy, and that God made us holy, guess what? We can live a holy life unto God. Amen. And then last week we looked at step four in our pursuit of holiness journey. And step four was this: that we have the choice to live holy. Amen? Holy choices we talked about last week. If you missed it, go back and take a listen to that. Man, we learned all series, we can't make ourselves holy. Hello, right? But we have the choice to choose holiness in our life, to make holy choices. We saw all throughout God's word last week that you and I actually have the responsibility to put on some stuff and to put off some stuff, right? And to make holy choices to be set apart, right? And we looked at a couple different areas of our lives, of what holiness might look like practically according to God's word and his standard. And we also learned that, man, God doesn't leave us high and dry. If he calls us to a holy lifestyle, he will help us make the right choice, right? He He choose, He helps us by his spirit to choose and to do his goodwill, his good pleasure through us, his will in our lives. And uh, we could we could pick up where we left off last week and talk about all these different areas in our life and under treasure to underturn every rock, but the Holy Spirit kind of led me in a different direction this week, and I just got to be obedient to it, and so we're going to wrap this thing up how God wants us to wrap it up today, and so um, before we get too deep into my message, for those of you guys that are taking notes and, and you need a title, so the title of my message today is Turn Up the Heat, all right? Someone say, turn up the heat. Some of you guys are like, it's a little cold in here right now. You guys are cranking this AC. Turn up the heat. We're not going to, all right? But spiritually, we're going to turn up the heat. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we open up our hearts and our minds to receive from his word and spirit today. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for your presence here today, and we thank you for the word of God. Forever is it settled in heaven. Lord God, we thank you that it does not change, but it is truth, and it is life to our souls. Lord God, it's flesh to our bones. It's health to our flesh, and and Lord, we thank you so much that your word is leads us and it guides us in the way that we should go it illuminates the path that we should walk on and so father as we open your word today holy spirit come speak move bring not behavior modification but lord i pray for heart transformation in every single one of us today we pray this all in jesus name and everybody agreed said amen well hey as we look at culture today as we look at the world We live in even the condition of the church. There is a growing concern. There's a growing observation that I believe it's important that we make and a distinction before we jump into anything we talk about today. And it's this, that many Christians fall into the dangerous trap of one of two areas. I see a lot. One of two areas. The first area is cultural holiness. Everybody say cultural holiness cultural holiness we're going to talk about that second and the second area that maybe or trap that we might fall into is moral mediocrity all right so everyone say moral mediocrity There's some big words here, right? So cultural holiness and moral mediocrity, it is rampant in the world. It is rampant even inside the church. It is rampant all over, and it's an attack. It's a direct attack against the pursuit of holiness as we've been talking about all month in our lives. Now, what is cultural holiness? Let me define this for you guys. It it means that our holiness standards are only as high as the people around us. Does that make sense? Cultural holiness, right? It means we allow other people and the way they live their lives to lower the bar of God's holiness standards that we are called to live by, right? And and we see this happen both inside and outside the church, right? The example of it being outside of the church community. Say, for example, a law is passed that that legalizes something that we know that God's word teaches for us to abstain from or is against, right? Yet we decide to just go along with it because everybody else in society and everybody else in culture is saying, no, this is fine. This is good. This is good for you, right? And we could go into so much. Like, I'm not gonna get into it because it'll stir up more stuff, but there's so many controversial topics when it comes to cultural holiness right we certain drugs or substances right Uh, abortion gender identity sexual orientation right we could go on and on and on about what cultural holiness is trying to do in and outside of the church but it's a trap if we don't wake up and see it right this happens even inside the church we see a lot of cultural holiness unfortunately inside the church because we're creatures of habit and we usually rise to whatever the water table is in that specific community, right? And so you might come to church and start to get to know some people in the church and join a crew and get to hang out with them outside of the four walls of the church and you realize, wow, there's there's some heavy drinkers in this church, right? Oh my gosh, there's, there's some people living with their boyfriends and girlfriends and that they, they ain't married, right? And oh my gosh, that guy cusses like a sailor and I see him at Monday at crew, right? But he's perfect and polished on Sunday mornings, right? And we allow cultural holiness to say, hey, if other Christians are doing these things, if other Christians think that that's okay for them to do and still be holy, then guess what? I'm gonna live my life in that same way. And can you see the danger that we have in this? Because we, we, sit, we, we actually lower the bar in God's holiness standard in our lives. And this is dangerous. And unfortunately, it's happening. And then I, I just as I was doing some study, I've been reading some books on holiness and looking at some statistics. And uh, recent polls show that many Christians march in moral lockstep with mainstream culture in a lot of different practices, in, in divorce, in spousal abuse, in extramarital sex, pornography consumption, materialism, racism, the list goes on and on, right? A lot of times we can like tip our hat. Yeah, holiness is, is really good. We believe that we should be holy and live holy unto God, right? But many, many people in culture may not even view us as believers, as Christians, any different than the rest of the world, except that they would put the label hypocrite on us because we say we do, we're going to be like something, but we do something different, Right? And I don't know if you've ever heard that, you know, people that are mad at God or church, oh, they're just a bunch of hypocrites, right? Hypocrite is somebody who says, I'm gonna do one thing, yet your actions do the opposite, right? And that's a bad rap, that's a bad label that, that the world has put on Christians, and we have an opportunity to change that. Amen? That the starts at home court advantage in our own lives, right? Barna did a study that only 36% of Christian pastors have a biblical worldview. Out of a thousand pastors in all different denominations. Only 36 pastors have a biblical worldview. What does that mean? Only 36% of pastors sometimes in the pulpit these days, this is scary, believe the Word of God is the Word of God and that is exact how God designed it is how it should be. Amen? And if we can't agree on that foundation, then what are we wasting time here on Sunday mornings talking about anything else in the Word if we don't believe that the Word's true on how we should live our act or, or you know, how, how people can live their lives and all of that? we got to have some moral foundation, Right? to build on, amen? And so this concerns me. I don't know if about you, this concerned me. I was like, oh Lord, man, we need an we need awakening. We need some revival, right? And what this happens is it leads to watered down Christianity, right? And, and it leads to mortal mediocrity. And let's talk about that term just for a second. Moral mediocrity, it, it, it's this concept. So many Christians, maybe you've been here, maybe you find yourself in this scenario too. You want to live a holy life. And you tried to break that sin or that habit or whatever, but you haven't had success. So you've just settled to the fact that I will never have this be not a part of my life. This sin or this behavior, this character deficiency or this whatever, this is just who I am. And you've signed for that package and you've settled for moral mediocrity. Instead of continuing to pursue God's holy standard for your life, that is dangerous that is like cancer that will eat away because it starts in one area of life and it moves to every other area, right? And so, man, like, like may we not stop in our pursuit of God's holiness in our life, right? If we're stuck right now in a pattern, we don't have to stay stuck, amen? We don't have to sign for that package. We don't have to say, well, I guess that's just it. No, we can continue to press in. We can continue to get the help we need. We continue to let God heal us. We can continue to get revelation from God's word. But if we settle And everybody around us settles because of cultural holiness. We've been now far removed from what God actually intended for the church to look like and how the church should act. That's that's a dangerous place, amen. And so that's why holiness is such an important choice that we make, right? When we say I'm gonna pursue holiness, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna live my life to the beat of a different drum. Not the drum of culture, not the drum of even, even some people around me. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it according to God's word, right? Rather than live as our culture encourages us, we're going to live as God encourages us through his word, right? We need to break out of the rut of cultural holiness. We need to break out of the rut of moral mediocrity if we're ever going to live life the way God fully intended for it, right? We need God to burn away some of these counterfeit standards that we've had in our lives and say, God, I want to know you more and I want to live for you passionately in my life and I realize that there might be some stuff in my heart, in my soul, in my spirit, man, in my everyday life that must not stay if we're going to get to that place. Does that make sense? I know this is heavy. This is hard, but it's good. As we, as we pursue holiness, the whole premise of my message today is it's actually an invitation for God to turn up the heat in our lives spiritually, All right? And that leads me to our fifth step in our pursuit of holiness, this whole series, we've been doing these different steps. We, did, we got to step four last week. The fifth step in our pursuit of holiness is inviting God to turn up the heat in our lives. And that'll make more sense in, in just a second here. But when we pray, God, make me holy, or God, I wanna pursue holiness, what we're really doing is say, God, come in and turn up the heat in my heart. And that don't feel good all the time. All right? Let's just be real. That isn't like, woo yeah. Bring on your best, Holy Spirit. Search every square inch of me and see if there be any wicked thing in me. Bring that on. We ain't saying that a lot, right? But when we pray, God, I want to be holy, that's in effect what we're inviting God in to do because we let a holy God who we see all throughout is also, we were singing about it just a second ago, who is called a consuming fire, Search us and turn up the heat of his moral standard, of his holy purposes, of his never changing word. And we allow that heat to come in and do something on the inside. We see this in Malachi chapter 3, verse 3. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as of gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering of righteousness. What is righteousness? It's right standing. It's right living before God, morally living right before God. We can offer that only if we let the refiner come in and turn up the heat in our lives, right? We see in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 3, the refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. And so this refiner that we've been kind of singing about this month, this refiner that we see is a character, an aspect of God, that God not only loves us, but he also refines us. He, he purifies us. He, he cleanses us. He, he goes to work. When we invite him in and we say, God, do your work, he can turn up the heat in our heart and get some really Holy Spirit transformation happening. Any of you guys familiar with the refining process of precious metals? Some of you guys that maybe work with metals or whatnot, you understand this. If you don't, it's just really simple. To purify gold or silver, what they do is they take that metal and they heat it up really, really hot. Really, really hot. They put it under the flame. They put it in a hot furnace and they, they liquefy the metal. And as the, hot, as the hotter it gets, the more impurities in that metal come to the top. And what they do is they skim those off. And then they heat it up again and see what else comes up and they skim those off and they do this over and over and over until you can see like the top of the metal, the liquefied metal is like glass or like a mirror and you do not see any imperfections or impurities. That is the natural refining process and we are singing, God, you're the refiner, you're a fire, I wanna be consumed. What you're saying is, God, turn up the heat in my life. You're like, I'm not gonna sing that the next time we sing that. I feel like I was tricked this morning. I don't need anybody to turn up any heat on the inside. You know what I'm saying? You're like some of you're like I run naturally hot. My body temperature. I don't need any more heat in here. All right. Like, all right. We're saying refiner, whoo, turn up the heat and let all those impurities come to the top. And I here's here's what I'm gonna say, man. May we be a community of believers that say, bring it on. Bring it on. I'm not scared of that. I'm not intimidated by that. I know there's going to be some hard stuff that is revealed through that process. But man, do we want to just have moral mediocrity and cultural holiness? Or do we want to rise to the standard that God has set? He's the refiner. He knows where this metal, us, needs to be and how pure is too pure and how all of that. He can take care of all that. We just need to be willing and obedient and say, God, refine me. Turn up the heat in my life. May we be a community that says, God, turn up the heat of your word in my life. Turn up the heat of your standards in my life. Turn up the conviction of the Holy Spirit in my life. Turn up the obedience to your word in my life. Turn up your power. Anything that is not of you in my life, burn it away today in Jesus' name. And all the people said... You're like, yeah, that sounds awesome, but how do we do that practically? I want to give you a couple tools today and then talk about my last step, and we'll, we'll actually have some time to respond, I believe, today. But practical ways to allow God to turn up the heat. I want to look at David's prayer in Psalm 139. This is, if this is not a part of your spiritual arsenal yet, I believe that after today, this will be more of a daily rhythmic thing that you pray in your life. David, you guys know David. David wasn't perfect, but he was a man after God's own heart. Yet he made some really cultural holiness bad decisions in his life. You guys know David's story, right? He was not perfect. Remember, holiness is not a perfection standard. So get set free from that today again and again and again. God's not calling to be perfect. He's calling to be holy, set apart. Amen? You will make mistakes, but he looks at the heart, and our heart can be pure towards the Lord. And check what David said in Psalm 139, verses 23 24 We've mentioned this before, but man, this is not part of your rhythm and you want to grow in your holiness factor in your life. Here is a go-to prayer. He says, search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Wow, there is power in a heart cry like that. He says, know me, know my heart, every part of it. Not just the parts I want you to know, but the ones I wanna hide. No, like the whole thing, right? Wholeness, holy. there's a whole nother message, parts five right, that I don't have, right? Wholeness, holiness, wholeness before the Lord, right? God wants every part of our hearts to be purified by him. Know my heart. He says, try me. I dare you, try me, see if it holds up, right? See if my what I'm saying or what I think I'm living my life and when my actual actions or my thoughts or what's going on in my life actually balance, right? Try me in this, right? See if there be any wicked way within me. Anything that's not of you, anything that falls short of your standard. Lord, I pray that and lead me. Don't leave me empty hanging after you reveal that. Lead me in your way everlasting. Lead me in the truth. That's powerful stuff. I've endeavored to add this to my daily arsenal every day, Lord, that, that I wouldn't let a day, you know, sometimes you can get in these spiritual ruts. And I notice that when you get in a spiritual rut, you haven't been praying this prayer. You haven't been obedient to it. Lord, search my heart, know me, and see if there be any wicked way. There's some wicked way you and you just kind of ignore it and hope it goes away. And how many of you guys know, if you ignore what's going bad in your life, it will never go away. It'll just grow deeper roots. Amen? And it'll produce badder fruit, or more bad fruit in your life. Amen? And so we want daily to uproot anything that is not of God, in our hearts and our spirits, amen? And so when we pray, Lord, search me and know me, and see if there are any be wicked way in me. This is powerful. It's good maintenance. It's daily maintenance to make sure things aren't getting junked up or getting plugged up, right? And if you pray this, just know, this is a warning, disclaimer, be honest and be obedient to the Lord, amen? That's hard. It's easy to like pray this prayer and then God's like, yeah, you wanna know the list? Like there's a list? What are you, St. Nick? Are you checking it twice? Like, am I naughty or not? You know, it's like, there's a list. I got a couple areas, and God's gentle, and he's merciful, and so let's focus in on this area right now. Yeah, that is not how I intended for you to live. That is not how I intended for you to talk. That's not how I intended for you to think. Those thoughts are not my thoughts. Those are from the enemy, right? He'll start focusing in on different areas and and letting his Holy Spirit go to work on that. But again, may we be a church, may we be a people that's not afraid of that, but We welcome that in our life because we know that we can't be holy in ourselves. We can't be sanctified in ourselves. We need Christ's help, amen? And so when we cry out in this way, God can move in our lives. Can I get an amen? The other thing I want to talk about for just a second is the little foxes. Everybody say little foxes. Little foxes. You're like, what are you talking about, foxes? Song of Solomon, pretty juicy book, right? Um, Chapter 2, verse 15 says, catch us the foxes. The little foxes that spoil the vines. For our vine- our vines have tender grapes. The Bible says it's the little foxes. Everybody say little. It's the little foxes that really cause some damage. Now, I'm not actually talking about animals. They were, but like foxes can really mess up a vineyard, right, or a garden, or whatever. But in our lives spiritually. Oftentimes, it's the little sins. It's the little compromise. It's the little let it slide. It's the little I'm gonna ignore it over and over that come into big areas of destruction in our life, right? Oftentimes, we focus in on the big foxes. Lord, they're like, set me free from this and this really horrible thing here. And we gotta realize that, yes, that's awesome and good, and God can do all of that, but we also gotta start small and realize that every big fox in our life was once a small fox. Amen? Amen? Every big downfall or destruction or sin pattern or character deficiency in our life was once a small fox just trying to mess up the vineyard. And we allowed them in and we didn't say, Get out. We're going to usurp you. We're going to get you out of our garden, right? It's the little sins, it's the little slides, it's the little compromises, right? Man, may we allow God to come in and say, You know what? Well, I'm we can get in this cultural holiness I'm so much more holy than that person over there so I can scroll and look at whatever I want it's not as bad as what they're looking at right may may the Lord come in and look at the little foxes on our social media accounts and our DMs May the Lord say, you know, yeah, everybody's watching that Hulu or Netflix show or Apple TV show. It's so popular. It's won awards. It's all that. But it's also got a lot of filth in it that's not good for my soul. And whatever you put in is whatever you get out. So Lord, let the little foxes apply to the shows I watch, to the music that I pump in my earbuds to the thoughts that I let roll around in my mind and meditate, may, may, may you come and search me and let that filter of whatever's pure, whatever's holy, whatever's lovely, whatever's praiseworthy, think about those things. Let that filter scoop through my mind as you purify me, as you refine me, Father. And may I be honest about the answers to those questions about the little foxes, right? A little loose tongue here or there. A little white lie, that's not that big of a lie. It won't hurt that person that much. Just a little white lie. White lies, little, turn into big lies that cause a lot of hurt and damage down the road. Ah, oh, it's just a little flirt with that coworker at work, but man, we're, we're good, we're tight like that, it's okay. It, how, how did I get here? The little foxes spoil the vine. So when we're talking about holiness, we get into the, even the small cracks and crevices, the dark places of our heart and our soul that we don't want anybody to see. We say, God, search me and know me and get those little foxes out of my vineyard, Amen. The other thing I want to talk about here practically is, man, the cool thing is, man, I think we all want to be fit to serve God and, and do it well and pureheartedly in his kingdom, right? We want to be used by God in many ways. We you know, he's called us on purpose for a purpose, and we want to serve him well. The coolest thing about God is he doesn't, he doesn't produce holiness in us just for ourselves. It is great, and we reap the benefits of it, but he's doing it for, for others, He's doing it for others, right? He's, he's called us to reach and serve others, to share the love of Christ with others, right? Holiness is necessary for effective service to God. And we see this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. I don't have time to go through all the, uh, the previous passages, but he's talking about a lot of immoral stuff. And then he says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself of the ladder, of the stuff I just mentioned, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master prepared for every good work how many of us want to be used by god in powerful ways in these last days i know i do how many of us want to be a vessel of honor that god can use holiness and usefulness are actually connected in the kingdom that's a deep one we don't like to hear that we all like ignore our stuff and just come serve and come as you are we have a culture like that but man You come as you are, but God loves you so much he won't leave you in the state you came, amen? He's a God of love and mercy and discipleship and he grows us up spiritually when we really engage with him. So we can't stay in that place. And we gotta remember, we haven't even talked about this, but we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We house a holy God on the inside of us if we believe in Jesus. Oh. So my earth suit can't just watch whatever it wants to watch or do whatever it wants to do if I want to keep this temple cleansed and purified for God to move purely and strongly out of me, right? But we like to compartmentalize, oh, that's that's that life, but God, you move, you're so good, right? And we like to live this double life, this double standard, and man, it takes more energy. It's exhausting to live that life than it is to live the life that God intended for us to say, God, search me and know me. Man, I'm a wreck right now. I'm a mess, but you see me and I'm on a journey. Versus I'm pretending to be perfect, yet I am dying and there's foxes all in my vineyard over here, but I'm going to pretend like they're not there and try to move on down the road. Does that make sense? Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Am I talking to anybody this morning? I know I'm preaching to myself this morning, but this is, this is powerful life. If we want to have a pursuit of holiness in our life, we got to allow God to do these things. Amen? Remember, someone say, turn up the heat. Amen. The last six step of this entire pursuit of holiness journey, and this is an exhaustive list. isn't like, this is it. There's no other steps. It's like 18 million steps we could have talked about, but these are the six that the Holy Spirit highlighted for our four weeks. The sixth step in our pursuit of holiness is that it is a lifelong journey. Some of y'all are like, sweet, I came all four weeks, or I tuned in online all four weeks. I got it. Holiness, you're looking at it. God calls me holy. yeah. God made me holy, yeah. I got a t-shirt that says holy, it's really cool, like in holy font, you know. I'm holy. And God's like, yeah, you got a little, you got a taste of it, but it's a lifelong journey. The word pursue suggests two things. Pursue holiness. Number one, diligence and effort on our part are required. We talked about that last week. It's a choice, amen. The other thing is, it ensues that it's a lifelong task, which we are talking about and ending with today. The real pursuit of holiness actually starts after this series is over. After we leave our seats or wherever we're tuning into, after we di- and we go out now the game starts. Now the pursuit really starts. Amen. Cuz now we've got some tools on our tool belt and we're locked and ready to go, right? Just like the refining process. They don't just heat it up once really hot and skim. They do it over and over, because the more heat you add, the longer the journey goes, the more impurities they find in that metal. And they want integrity. They want strength in this metal that will hold up against all circumstances, right? When you lose your ring and your husband backs up over it, but it's still, like, intact, right? They want, they want purity. They want strength. They want integrity in this metal, so they can't allow little foxes to remain in this metal. And so what do they do? They heat it up again. And they heat it up again. And I don't know about you guys, but if you've ever experienced this in your life, where God will not relent in this area of your life because he knows what's on the other side of that, he will keep bringing it back up. He will keep turning up the heat. And if, you, if you're obedient, if you're pliable, he will keep turning up the heat of his word, of his conviction, of his Holy Spirit in life until we finally get victory and understand that man, where we're living isn't God's best for us. He's a loving father. He wants what's best for us. And he's gonna help take us there. And he's gonna turn up the heat in that area. Amen? and We don't like that, our flesh hates that. But man, it's so good for our spirit and our heart. It's when we need pure hearts, whole hearts devoted to God. So God will often have to turn up the heat multiple times in an area of our life to to really purify us in that area. And even once we think we get victory of that thing or that issue or that character, it might try to pop back up 10 years later rear its ugly head because it used to get you by that bait last time and you're going to say nah time to turn up the heat try to drive that out right we need to understand that man we never fully arrive at a destination called holiness we never fully arrive the apostle Paul taught us this throughout scriptures he had this mentality remember we've talked all series holiness isn't some magical destination that we're trying to get to it is more importantly identity we get to live from. It's who we are. It's who we're called to be, right? The Apostle Paul had the same mindset in his spiritual journey that we never fully arrive. We're never fully attained. We're never fully perfected. We never fully make it, right? But we keep pressing on towards Christ. We see this in Philippians chapter 3 verse 12. I love how the message translation says it. It says, I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have made it, but I'm well on my way, reaching out for Christ who has wonderlessly reached out to me. I love that. Christ is reaching out to us, but man, he is continually reaching out to Christ and he's never fully perfected. He's never fully made it. You see, sanctification, which is a big churchy word, it means becoming more and more like Christ in our life. That is a lifelong journey until we go to be with Jesus. Justification is a one and done deal. Right, one and done. He already took care of it. He already shed his blood. Like we have been justified freely because of the blood of Christ. The Bible's very clear on that. But a lot of us treat holiness and sanctification like the one and done justification. It doesn't work like that. It isn't one sermon. It isn't one service. It isn't just one prayer session. It's like a continually dying and breaking and and scooping and heating and skimming and heating and skimming and heating and, and refining and trying and all of that as God molds us into his very image. We gotta be ready for the journey ahead. We gotta be locked and loaded and ready to go. And here's the other encouragement that I just wanna make sure that people get today, and it's this, just because we'll never be 100% perfect doesn't mean we quit or give up now. It doesn't mean, oh, I'll just throw in the towel then if I can't attain it, if I'll never fully arrive. I'll just live how I wanna live, how the world tells me to live, that's fun. Sin is fun for a season, the Bible says. At the end, it produces death, right? No, we keep pressing on. We keep digging down deep. We keep praying, oh, Lord, search me and know me. Is there any wicked way within me? We keep fighting for our kids. We keep fighting for our marriage. We keep fighting for integrity in our life, amen? We keep fighting. We, we haven't attained it yet, and we probably won't ever, until we'll be there. But, man, gosh, John, we're going to kick and scream until we get to those pearly gates and say, you know what? I'm pressing in, Lord. I'm not giving up on your standard. I'm not going to let my moral holiness raise down to the culture that's being preached outside these doors. I'm going to raise up the bar. I'm going to turn up the heat, fire up that furnace just like those hebrew children seven times hotter and guess who was walking with them in the middle of the fire his name was jesus there was a fourth man amen he'll be with you in the heat he'll walk you through and you won't even smell like smoke when you come out of that thing amen we got to be willing say god do a work in me right some of us we just focus in on doing 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 and we need to focus more on being being what god has called us to be living from the know your position right living from that place of holiness and purity and integrity. God didn't say, do holy things because I do holy things. He says, be holy because I am. The I am that lives on the inside of us is holy. Therefore, be holy. Don't do holy. Do holy will take care of itself if you rest in your spiritual position of be holy. Amen? And so, man, here we are. four weeks and we've come six steps and we're coming full circle right back to our very first step. God is holy. He is other. He is set apart. The pursuit of holiness starts and it ends in pursuing a holy God. So what have we looked at this month, man? Step one, God is holy. Step two, God calls you and I to be holy. God puts his money where his mouth is and backs it out and has skin to the game. He not only calls us holy, he says, I will make you holy. i make you the righteousness of God in Christ. Then he says, hey, don't just park it in neutral and just expect everything to be good in your life. You get to make holy choices. We get to choose. And then he says, you know what? By the way, if you're saying, hey, bring on holiness, you're saying, let me turn up the heat in my life, right? God, turn up the heat. And we would be a church, I pray. This says, God, turn up the heat in our lives. Let's be honest. Let us be real. Let us be hungry. Let us be transparent. Say, God, whatever is not of you, whatever doesn't belong, the pride, the selfishness, the lust, the greed, the comparison, oh, my gosh, all of that stuff, the rat race, the keeping up with the Joneses, the material possessions, the, all of stuff, the stuff, the things of the world, the cultural holiness that says this is just part of how life is. Like, doesn't everybody do it? No, God's saying, man, I have set you free from that. Amen? And so we would rise to the occasion. And lastly, number six, guess what? We get to do it over and over again. Lord, for refine us, try us. We wanna be consumed by you. Purify us, clean our hands, purify our hearts. We wanna burn for you. And so I said it last week, but I do not remember if I said it in this service or last service, but it's time for the bride to get ready. If you don't know what that means, as the church of Jesus Christ, we're called the bride of Christ. And Jesus is our bridegroom, and he is coming back soon. And he's coming back for a beautiful bride, a spotless bride, a blameless bride, a bride that's equipped and ready, been faithful, good, and faithful servant, well done, a bride that isn't stained by the culture of the world, that hasn't lowered its standard of morality to what politicians say, or laws say, or... People, or our neighbor, our coworkers say, but has kept it and their eyes on the Word of God, the, the standard of holiness that God has put for us, unashamedly, not in a holier than thou way, but in a man. God, I fear you. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We, we said that week one, right? And we're not scared of God. We reverence God. That's a proper perspective and relationship with God, Father. We want to do Your will. We want to follow Your Word. But the bride must be ready. He's coming back. Let's get ready. Let's be that stunning, radiant bride. Amen? Let's not let culture influence how we live. Let us not bend to culture, but let us influence culture. Amen? We are called to be light. How many of you guys know light is much different than darkness? It looks different. When I walk into a dark room in a well-lit room, it's different. It feels different. I can see differently, right? God calls us to be light, not, ah dim let's be on the dimmer switch a little bit like there's a little bit of difference here but really on nine out of ten days ten days it looks like darkness and then like hallelujah thank you jesus no, god wants to separate us there's in these last days it's going to divide that you can already see it happening it, it's happening who's in who's out amen and let's be on mission together knowing that man there's more people that need to be in if I align my life to God's holy standard allow God to shine brightly through me, empower me, equip me, use me, we can help some other people get on the right side of this equation, amen? We can plunder hell and populate heaven, amen? We can, we can take some people, our family members, our coworkers, our friends, we can take some people to heaven with us. We help them experience eternity in heaven, experience the life that God has created for them. Lives are in the balance, and so personal holiness starts first, but then corporate holiness, and it's just kinda, it just ebbs and flows out of that. And so let's not be afraid to let God turn up the heat. Amen. Would you guys pray with me as we ask God to do that in our lives? Father, we love you so much. We just thank you for your spirit at work in our hearts. Lord, we thank you for this series. Lord, four weeks isn't enough, I know, just to scratch the surface. But Lord, thank you for teaching us that you are holy you're set apart You're other there's no one like you thank you for showing us that lord you call us holy in faith before we ever behave like it before we ever align our lives with that standard lord you call it you see it and you call the gold out of us and lord you did something about it you sent your one and only son jesus so that we might become the righteousness of god in him lord you made us holy and lord you also said that we can choose holy choices we can make holy choices by the empowerment of your spirit and by guidance through your word and lord today may we invite you to turn up the heat spiritually in our hearts lord search us know us see if there be any wicked way within us try us weigh us in the balance lord god search every part of us Lord God, the little foxes that have been tripping us up and turning into mature adult foxes, they die. They are gone. They have to be run out of our vineyard of life right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you we take authority in the name of Jesus over little foxes, the spirit of lust, the spirit of lying, the spirit of greed, materialism. Lord God, we take, we take authority over that right now in the name of Jesus. We tell it to go in Jesus' name. And Father God, may we understand that, man, we will never fully arrive. And so our pursuit of holiness actually continues after today. That tomorrow is a great opportunity to pursue you and holiness in our lives. If we take it one moment, one day at a time, keep our eyes on you, obedient to your word and what your Holy Spirit does in our lives, we can shine as a light in a very dark and perverse and wicked world. And Lord, we can help take others with us to a place of everlasting peace and hope. Lord, we love you, we praise you. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. If you guys could just keep your heads bowed, eye closed just for a minute here. I wanna do this real quick. And and worship team, you guys can come up here. Yep, we're gonna respond to this series. But if you're here today and you don't know Jesus personally, you don't have a personal relationship with him, then I wanna invite you to pray a simple prayer with all of us in just a minute here, to invite Jesus into your heart, to allow a holy God to come and take residence in the inside of you begin to refine you and mold you and shape you and and show you how he created you and what he created you for to live the life that God intended for you. It all starts with a personal relationship with Jesus. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around, I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna call you up or call you out. I just wanna know, is there anybody I can join with and we can join our faith with this morning that would say, you know what? That's what I need. That's what I'm missing. I need to receive Jesus into my life. Would you just slip up your hand so I know who I'm talking to today? Praise God, praise God, I see it, I see it. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. You can put your hands down. Would you just repeat this after me? Say, heavenly father, thank you for your son, Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and as my savior. Jesus, come into my heart, change my life and help me live a life pleasing to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.